Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of Dean Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Ben Bumhopper. How you doing, Ben? Ah, uh, horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this episode is a little late because I've been sick, and there's a chance that we might be a little shorter today because I've been sick and I'm absolutely tired. And I am fighting the biggest urge to not just cough your ear off right now and hack up a lung. So we're going to do this. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about that uh, we've been holding off on because, again, sickness. But uh, And gonna... reading. Well, yeah. There's a lot of reading to do for this episode. Let's just let's be fair. Yeah, it's so much so that I definitely did not read everything. Um, again, see the sickness. So <laughs> sleeping yeah. takes up time, apparently. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about some good stuff here. We are. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of really, really fun stuff. Um, so. About a week ago, there was a really big D&D presentation uh, and they announced a ton of stuff. So we're going to talk just real fast about some of the uh, stuff they announced. And then we're going to talk about the really big thing that they announced. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was really big. Let's, let's be honest. But the really big thing that's here uh, that we can actually give our opinions on. Yeah. That, and, uh, they announced. And it, it was a big Wizards of the Coast thing. They did a lot about Magic the Gathering as well, which we're not going to touch because that's not what this show is about. It is not. I, I do play very sporadically. I do not. Usually, that, usually it. just like Magic the Gathering Arena. Oh, well, there you go. That's 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 the easy thing. That's easy. Yes. Uh, and every once in a while in person, if someone provides me with cards, I'm like, yes, I will play <laughs> your commander deck against you. But yeah, otherwise, otherwise, no. So, of course, the big thing coming in very soon is the new Dragonlance book. It will be the final D&D book for this year. Um, and it is, it has a title now, uh, Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Yes. Uh, and this is, this is pretty cool, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, because they're doing this in a lot of ways. They're, they're doing this kind of new because this is going to be the first. And I think they said, this is like a test or just kind of like, a uh, an experiment, this is going to be one of the first books that you can order digital and physical copy at the same time, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's something that we've been wanting and it was one of the things that we were kind of hoping for once Wizards, you know, acquired D&D uh, &D Beyond. And we're kind of getting one of our first wishes like right away. Exactly. Um, if you don't live in the United States, shipping sucks and it's probably not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately <that. laughs> uh but uh in the u.s it's a it's a 60 dollar bundle for the digital and physical book so 30 bucks a piece pretty decent deal that's uh that's about about average for the digital copy and a little bit of a discount for the physical copy so uh that's something to watch out for it's only available on their site right now i really hope they can work something out with friendly local game stores that they have uh I don't know, deals with or, you know, relationships with or whatever yeah. to where you could go in, buy the book, and then they would hand you a slip that had a digital code. It'd be um, nice. It'd be very nice. Actually. I think that'd be super nice. Then they've got the super ultra mega awesome edition, 
because this book actually can be paired with a brand new board game that is coming out. Um, and it's because uh, it will the, the book itself has rules for simulating large scale combat. Uh, but if you actually own the board game, then you can use the board game in conjunction with your campaign mm-hmm. to do the large scale combat, which is actually pretty cool. So I don't know if the game will be any good or not, but it's uh, a pretty cool combo regardless Uh letting you do that and it'd be nice to see those rules expanded on beyond just this yeah and you know having some sort of synergy with things like that i think really helps a whole lot especially when you're looking at like a a larger scale battle you know it's a lot easier when you have the set right there that you can kind of draw from and and, you know use the rulings for than just kind of you know putting something together, you know, your own battlefield with like hundreds of figures and, and, or icons or whatever you're doing and stuff. So I I like the fact that there is a bundle that's available as well as just, you know, a a separate uh, additional kit or like, you know, a set of tools that you can use for it. Exactly. So that is coming out at the end of November. Um, So we'll have links to all this stuff. Uh, there's a really wonderful D&D Beyond article that has a lot of the the links and stuff. We'll throw that in the show notes if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of on to the new stuff. So first off, they showed a little bit of a preview. And my guess is this is probably not going to be dropping until 2024 um, with the the whole relaunch one D&D thing that we'll talk about here shortly. Yep. But they showed off a little video of their brand new virtual tabletop, which is actually powered by Unreal Engine and 3D, which is super interesting. It's so great looking, which, again, one of the things we wanted when they acquired D&D Beyond. And again, suddenly it's like, oh, you know, they completely acknowledge that there's a lot of, you know, third party tools that people use to try to play and everything. And they want to have everything just in one spot. And the fact that we're getting a, a virtual tabletop that's not just like, you know, a map with icons and stuff, but actually like three dimensions with, you know, scales, miniatures that you can get, like all that stuff. I mean, I was blown away. And then just seeing it in Unreal, it all looked so good. Yes. And there's a lot of really cool stuff. They, they're using a very specific camera angle to make it look like miniatures and you're playing. We have a lot of it. They showed a lot of cool stuff. I have tons of questions still. Oh, yeah. That and- are unanswered. Like, what will it run on? Is it going to be browser based only? Is it going to be an install that I can do? Will the base edition of it be free so that other people can jump in or is there going to be a cost is there going to be uh what are i know there's what kind of marketplaces are going to be is it going to be moddable uh to put in your own stuff or are you Mm -hmm. going to have to work you know all within their tools we know it is going to connect directly into DD beyond which makes tons of sense and is amazing so that that'll be huge for it but there's there's a lot of hopes and dreams i'm really hoping they keep it open and accessible to third parties that's you, that's a big thing can you just imagine using dungeon alchemist with this oh yeah yeah like like that would be perfect. dungeon alchemist or um third parties like cobalt press mcdm mm-hmm. uh 2c gaming 
uh, Ghostfire. There's just so many great third parties, and it would be awesome if they could, you know, I want them to work in D&D Beyond, but being able to do like, oh, yes, here's the the list of things you need to do to get on a tabletop. So you, you hire a modeler <laughs> or use our tools to make stuff, <laughs> and then you can put out a package that has maps, monster models, spell effects, you know, all that sort of stuff. You're integrated into D&D Beyond, and then you can play with it in 3D on a tabletop. That would be my ultimate dream. Yeah. Uh, something that you did mention in the video, and granted, the bit about this is maybe 30 seconds of the whole thing. It, it's it's really not a whole lot of information to go off of because it is so early in, in the stages. But they did say that, you know, yeah, we'll have like an adventure and then you can use those and like break the, 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 the settings apart and kind of recreate your own thing. So we already know that it has, you know, like a um, the ability to, you know, totally homebrew your own kind of environments and things like that. The thing that I would absolutely love, though, is if like tokens or monsters or whatever uh, that are available, like tied into what you have available for your digital books because that's that's what i'm assuming i'm yeah. assuming that as part of this once it comes out when a new adventure book comes out or when a new monster book comes out or you know whatever they will be tie-ins for each book that come out after this thing launches yeah that's my guess and so you buy the if you buy the digital version of the book then you get the digital content as well the models the you know the, the yeah, rule the sets the, the figures if it's an adventure the maps and dungeons and whatnot for the encounters that would be in that particular adventure that's what i envisioned them when you exactly when you they talked about what you mm -hmm. were just mentioning yeah and i mean the the thing is is they're talking about like you know um you know tokens and stuff so imagine you know you create your character in D, D beyond and then you're also able to you know choose how your character looks and different things like that like that's something that i think is going to be interesting um or imagine if you know you get new loot in the game you add it to your character sheet then your token changes to you know, reflect kind of what you have and how you look and everything. I mean, there there's a lot of different stuff Endless. that they could do. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, Sky's living on this, and we've already kind of gotten you know a couple of our big wishes already. So I'm just gonna keep dreaming for more and more and more. And I, I figure that's and the again, best way to go. Third parties like mm -hmm. Eldritch Foundry, Hero Forge. Get get the integrations, get the, whatever you need in place to be oh, able yeah. to bring those models that people have been making and can make into that sort of 3D interface. Yeah, Hero like, Forge is a big one. Huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely huge. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, moving away from the the TT or the tabletop uh, or digital tabletop. Um, one of the big things that they really did focus on as well is that, you know, they've had the different iterations of everything going from first edition up to, you know, two, three, three point five, four, and now five. And the, the consensus is that basically the rule set for five is pretty much kind of where they're leaning and, 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 and just kind of sitting on going forward. It's just going to be Dungeons and Dragons. Like they're not looking at more editions of everything. So 
one, that's a big plus. And I mean, we've already talked about it and covered it with them saying that, you know, every book and, you know, source material and stuff that, that came out for fifth edition will be good going forward. But having them reiterate that and, you know, really focus on the fact that we're happy with the way that the rule set is right now and how it's so open, how it it gives you a lot of uh, flexibility and creativity to do the things that you need. I think was a really good like sticking point. And I'm really glad that they kind of brought that back up again. Yes. Um, and it, it's, it's going to be interesting. It might be one of those things. It, like it, at some point it makes you, it, you feel like they're going to have to do a big full rule set change that won't end up being backward compatible. I feel like that'll happen at some point, but I think for the, the short term, medium term, potentially, who knows? I mean, we might be looking at the next 10 years for this. Yeah. They seem to be very much sticking to the the 5e brand and engine and everything that's going along with it. And I think that's great. I love <laughs> that. The only things they are going to replace the three core books. They did. They didn't mention that. They did announce that there's going to be a new player's handbook, a new DM's guide, and a new monster manual. Yeah, which in 2024. And, yeah, which is which is fine. And we'll be talking about some of those, uh, you know, just the small things that they've already you know talked about in just with the the unearth arcana um, coming up when, when, once we get to that. But as far as everything else, from the sound of things, at least, all the other stuff is going to remain, for the most part, backwards compatible, especially the adventures mm -hmm. and the source books. Exactly. Now, I'm, it's possible Tasha's and Xanthar's might or might not get overridden, or potentially some of that stuff will actually get pulled in to the core books this time around, mm -hmm. which wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, but even if they did, that would be a very small amount of books to retire essentially. Yeah. And, you and know, I could deal with that at the same time. I mean, just as a, a quick preview to um, some of the, the wording and everything in the, the, the UA uh, material is even said, um, you know, you can choose this or go with what is in, you know, like previous material as you're creating characters or, or doing whatever and stuff. So, I mean, it, they're, they're still leaving kind of open to choice as well. You know, if there's something that works in Tasha's that you like uh, a lot more or Xanthar's or, or, you know, anything else. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, until it's actually published, UA is uh, one of those things where it's flexible. We'll see what happens. Exactly. And exactly. the big part of it is that it's play test. So they're actually completely listening to feedback on what everybody's saying in the first place. Yes. And we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. The only other big thing uh, that was really announced is uh, they actually showed off their entire 2023 lineup of book releases, I am so which excited. is a really big deal because uh, as far as I know, this is the first time they've done something like this. Mm -hmm. So we've got five major books coming in 2023. The first one uh, will be in spring of 23 and will be called Big B Presents Glory Actually, of the Giants. Winter of 2023. So like January, February. 
Oh, you're right. Winter of 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, so forget what I just said. Let's rewind a little bit. Keys from the golden. Keys from the golden vault will be winter of 2023. This is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Grab your thieves tools and your favorite dark cloak, because each of the adventures in this book has a nail biting heist at the center of it. So I believe this is an anthology, another anthology book, uh, and it's going to have a series of heists. That sounds just kind of cool. I would love this because I kind of tried to pull a heist or create one and it was not well thought out on my end. There was a lot more that could have been done with it. Um, I just like the idea of them having kind of like a reference material, you know, through, you know, uh, an adventure of, okay, here's a heist. And then you can do your own oceans 11. I'm just looking forward to that. Like whatever, you know, they're trying to steal or, or, or bamboozle or swap or whatever. It's, it's going to be something really interesting. And I love the fact that it's just a book full of heists. Yeah. And I'm really hoping they're built in such a way that they'll be fairly easy drag and drop into your own stuff because heists are hard to do. They are Mm -hmm. as someone who has run a few of them. It's a lot of planning, a lot of prep work. If you if you really want to get detailed and, you know, put some structure around it. So having something like this, just like you said, especially if it's if it's fairly drag and drop will be will be huge. Exactly. And you know what? You can always drag and drop it in your own way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now, spring 2023, Big B presents Glory of the Giants, your definitive guide for giant gameplay in D&D. So there was some UA for giant stuff uh, a little while ago now. Um, and this is most likely what that turned into. So this is going to be another I don't it, it doesn't sound like necessarily uh, like a full on rules book, but more of a here's a type you'll get, probably get. We'll probably get some more uh, giant types. Of monsters we will probably get some subclasses that are giant based and maybe like some lore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it'll be like or it doesn't seem like it'll be like a rule book. Yeah, yeah. From, from what it uh, from what it looks like, it, it is just going to be like a, um, you know, just just extra bits here and there scattered in. And, and like you said, the UA that we had before had kind of a whole bunch of different scattered things, um, you know, could be more lore, different types of giants. You know, um, I'm expecting it's going to be something similar to like Fizzbins. Um, You know, we got a we got a dragon book. Now we're getting a giant yeah. book. I think that's that's probably a very apt comparison. That's that's kind of what I'm expecting. Um, and then in summer of 2023, we are going to get the Fandelver campaign, which is actually the Lost Mine of Fandelver adventure is going to be expanded into a full campaign. And so Lost Mine is, or at least was one of the starting adventure for quite some time mm-hmm. before uh, Dragon of Icefire Peak came out in the new starter set. And that kind of became here's the all the the new stuff and the mechanics and uh it's a nice little all-in-one kit but lost minds was a a really good starting adventure and it's cool that they're expanding that so any group that does play that can now turn that into a full campaign yeah i think that's pretty great actually that's pretty sweet 
Yeah, especially if that's like, you know, your first uh, introduction to, into D&D. Having, you know, a, a short, small adventure and stuff is really great. But if you really want to continue on, go forward and like expand upon that. I think this is a, a perfect way for for uh, anyone to, to jump in there. So, yeah, um, when I saw the yeah. campaign, I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and then also in summer 2023, uh, we have the Book of Many Things. And oh, this yeah. appears to be our rules book. Um, the book takes the deck of many things and uses it to explore new player and DM options. So I'm expecting this to be the Xanthar's Tasha's type book for mm-hmm. next year. Definitely. Um, from everything that, that uh, I can gather on it, it, it sounds exactly like something like that. Yeah. And then finally, at the end of the year, something a lot of people have been waiting for. We are getting Planescape. Yes. Ready to explore Sigil and the Multiverse Beyond. This book has everything you need just for that. So I'm assuming source book for Planescape, which is a setting a lot of people have been very excited for. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sigil myself. I think it's just a really interesting, cool city. Mm-hmm. We actually talked a little bit about it with uh, Ajit um, on the Radiant Citadel episode. Because we kind of compared and contrasted a little bit of the Radiant Citadel to to Sigil and how very different those those two settings were, and so Sigil is a is a very cool place, a very cool hub uh, in Planescape. So I'm excited to get hopefully a lot of lore and a lot of interesting stuff surrounding that as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I don't know a ton about it, and I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I. The whole idea of like Spelljammer blew my mind. I love that. I'm looking forward to running campaign in that. The idea of just adding, you know, doorways into different, you know, realities and everything on top of that. Just, you know, it's really cool. Um, D&D really ha- is turning into a, hey, here's all these places. Here's all these different things. You know, they're, they're like like um, expanding the toolbox so much so that you're really almost at the point where you can tell almost any kind of story that you want to. And you have, you know, using official material, exactly. Some sort of official material that, that will, you know, back you, support you, or at least help you uh, along with that, which I think is pretty great. Yeah. Agreed. It's, uh, and that's, that's kind of, I think how we're going to see a lot of this stuff going forward. We're going to get settings. We're going to get adventures and then we're going to get the maybe once a year rules, type update uh, or potentially the things like the specifics, like the fizz bands or the big bees giant stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, very exciting uh, release year next year for sure. Yeah. And we're looking at five releases. I mean, remember when we were like, Oh, three books this year, <laughs> we're up in it. Yeah, and it's five, great. five seems to be their cadence going to be their cadence going forward. Yeah. It, it's a, you know what? It's a good cadence. I'm happy with it. I'll march along with it any day. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's a, fairly good a fairly good compromise between too little and too much mm-hmm. like and, if you, you added too many more i would start getting a little bit like this is this is a little much to keep up with i don't know what some of the other systems normally release for their books but i feel like i feel like five is for a year is a pretty pretty solid yeah. stream and the variety and you know types that they're releasing i think works you know it's not just Okay, here's an adventure. Here's another one. Here's another one. Okay, there you go. There are your books for the year. You know, it's 
it's giving you again tools as well as places as well as adventures as well as you know just, just tons of different stuff so i'm i'm excited for it agreed and then finally we'll move into the one D part of the discussion that was announced so that's at least for now the moniker uh for what they're calling uh, it, it's not i D i think D next would have uh still been a pretty pretty decent uh <laughs> pretty <laughs> decent name to to go back to i think that was like the code name for for 5e um yeah I think yeah so. <laughs> yeah but one D is is what they're going with at least for now and this is basically the culmination of the relaunch ish in 2024 when we will get through the three new core books the new monster manual dms guide and player's handbook mm -hmm. that will supersede the three that are currently out right now um so what they're going to be doing that they announced is over the course of the next year and a half they will be releasing chunks of one dnd unearth arcana and they will be releasing them on D&D Beyond. So you can actually go to D&D Beyond and grab the, the compendiums for them. And that will be how they're, they start releasing them digitally. Um, and then after several weeks of being out, they're going to drop surveys. And these are apparently going to be incredibly feedback heavy. Like they were going, they're going to be very, very heavily listening to feedback on all these UAs that are dropping. Apparently none of this is set in stone in any way right now. They're throwing a lot of stuff out. They want to see what people like, want to see what people don't like, uh, what people think might be good to tweak. Uh, they've, and, and we even seen it in this first UA drop that is very, uh, character creation focused. Mm -hmm. Um, of some of the new things that they seem to be trying out or playing around with. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit through those and uh, we have our own opinions on a, a lot of those different types of things. Um, but I will say just first, it's, it's a little weird and I think it will be until we get more because it, this is in a vacuum in a bubble. We don't know any of the other thoughts around this new one yeah. D and D stuff beyond this single UA so far. And so we have to judge it as its own, as a standalone thing. We don't know there's monster changes based on some of the changes they've made. We don't know any of that type of stuff. So we just kind of have to look at it holistically within the single unearthed arcana they released. Mm -hmm. So the, the big thing around this one is character origins. Um, and they've streamlined a lot of stuff. They are adding in several races that were introduced beyond the core books into the core books like orcs. Um, they're adding in a few new ones into the, into the mix like Ardlings, which are kind of, they said, uh, kind of the, uh, opposite side of the spectrum of tieflings they're yeah. like the celestial versions of tieflings like they're, they're uh, humanoid angels. form yeah humanoid forms with uh animal heads so it's very very interesting uh concept there um and the biggest thing that i've seen that they've done so far is they're trying to make 
backgrounds much more interesting and much more central to your character. So basically now when you create your character, you will make this background instead of having it kind of be an afterthought. It will kind of encompass your entire character and they'll have pre-built ones and then they'll have uh, rules and instructions for building your own. And those backgrounds will then come with the uh, ability score bonus where you want it, the skill proficiencies, the tool proficiencies, the language, the equipment, which they normalized across all the equipment. So all the equipment will basically be worth the same thing. And then the other big thing, everyone gets a starting feat. Yeah. Now, the the biggest change that I think is the fact that the ability scores go with the background. Um, I am very happy with that because it, it takes it away from, you know, a, a, a race related thing. You know, we've talked about it before, how um, like Tasha changed uh, where you actually choose, you know, where you can choose your own ability scores that kind of fits with what you're thinking your character would be. It makes a lot more sense if it goes into the their background. Um, you know, if you want to have, you know, some sort of like a, a bard or a sneaky sort of character or something, look at some sort of like performance background and automatically you're looking at, um, like, say, charisma and dexterity because, you know, you're you're performing. So you've got that charisma. You're you're also well performing. You got dexterity. And I love the fact that it, it sticks it there because it builds upon your character and the, your own sort of lore that you have. Which is, you know, one of the hardest things that when you are creating a character is really getting in the mindset and and, and a feel for what you're really going for. Um, I found it a little odd that the the language goes with it too, but hey, you know, who knows if that's going to change or not? But I mean, it kind of makes sense in some. Instances. It's kind of the all encompassing, yeah, character creation now. It's just like here's your background, everything goes in it, and all you know, a lot of that Tasha stuff. That is actually going to be core now Mm -hmm. and not just a a side rule that you can choose to do or not. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of weird. Like uh, you choose the the sailor background. Um, Your language is primordial. It's like, okay, I guess I can speak to elements because, you know, I sail on the sea. You know, some of those are a little out there. But I figure it'll be fine-tuned or that part might be scrapped. I, I don't know which way it's going to be going with it because, again, it's all play-tested. But, again, in a lot of cases, it, it makes sense that you'd be able to you know speak certain things. Like, um, I think a soldier, they're, they're able to speak goblin, which kind of makes sense. If goblins are attacking, it's good to know what they're saying, you know, th- that sort of thing. Um, but one of the, the, the neat things, and, and I mean, you mentioned as, as well, is that you get a feat no matter what, you know, for, for your start. And I think that really works and also leans very heavily into that background. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, just as an uh, example, Urchin, you get the lucky feat. I mean, that makes sense. You need to be... You need to be Aladdin. You need to be able to, you know, uh, you know, be light on your feet, do what you can if, you know, you're living on the streets your whole life. And I just think it's really interesting that, you know, they've tied everything in that way. And I think it just makes a ton of sense. So I'm I'm excited about that change. I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing what actually becomes official and what gets tied into it with everything. Mm-hmm. And not and not only that. Uh, but if you're building your own background instead of taking one of the pre-built ones, 
uh, they're they're changing feats to be level based. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of breaking them up and going, okay, here's there's there's a ton of feats in the game. It's a little overwhelming, especially for new people to look at feats. This chunk of feats is level one prerequisite. You can pick any of these for level one. This chunk of feats will be level four prerequisite. This chunk of feats will be eight level eight prerequisite, and so on and so forth. And so I I love the idea of kind of breaking that down a little bit because then you can kind of develop feats in a in a power scale as well, um, and then figure out uh, like you can offer some stronger feats at later levels. Uh, they've talked about making a lot of the feats a little more interactive mm-hmm. rather than just being passive. Like the healer feat will actually provide a healing ability now. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as which opposed is, to like, super cool. like toughness where, oh, you just get more hit points. You know, yeah. it, it, it would play into something like maybe, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. do their job for them. That's what they do. I mean, the musician feat like uh, gives like a little mini bardic inspiration type type thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but if, if you don't want to be a bard, but still want to be able to do stuff like that. So I, I really like that particular direction that they're heading with, with the feats. And I think overall this new character creation, either, a pre-built background or making your own background and having the ability score tied to that uh, as an official core thing. I'm a big thumbs up yeah. on all those, those pieces. Yeah. And if for some reason you don't think that the feet like fits with what you would do for your character, um, I believe I read in there that you have the option of taking the skilled feet instead, which just gives you proficiency in three skills. So you do still have a little bit of flexibility with that as well. And that's something that I'm, I'm again, very happy about. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, there's a few other pieces of this UA. We're not going to go through the entire thing, but there's a few other pieces that we wanted to highlight as we go through. Um, the first being that it sounds like they are going to simplify spell descriptions. Yeah. Or at least, at least in this case, uh, their power sources. So the spells will be getting a arcane, divine, and primal tag. Mm-hmm. And those things are basically just like, this is the power source of the spell. That way it makes it very easy to know this magic is divine magic, this magic is natural, primal, you know, whatever magic, this magic is arcane magic. I don't know how that will affect who can get what spells or if it will just affect um, conventions for figuring out what type of magic you're using. Yeah. It, from just kind of looking at the different lists, um, it looks like spells can exist in multiple lists. So like um, cure wounds, it's a divine spell as well as a primal spell. So I think that would be more. Um, okay. So the cleric gets it as well as say a druid because the, the, the source of the power is, you know, whatever it, you're looking at, but it, it helps kind of define or easily define um, what sort of spells a character can get. You know, one of the things that um, if you go through like right now, so for arcane trickster, um, I don't know how familiar you are with that as a, uh, um, a the, the rogue archetype, but it's very specific on 
Um, okay, you get wizard spells, but you can only have illusion and um, I forget what the other one is. The whatever, um, a charm, you know, something like that. So you have to choose from those spells at these certain levels. But then at this level, you can also get any wizard spell, and like that sort of thing. It it ends up getting overly complicated. So if they just go with, hey, you get arcane spells this is what you get to choose from as a again a uh, arcane trickster it makes it a lot more uh, or a lot easier and a lot more user friendly if you're going through and you don't have a tool like D beyond that just you know gives you the spells that you actually have available to you so i like this i think it works really well and i mean heck if they get rid of the the super duper illusory or transmutation or whatever those things um, as a DM, I'll be happy because detect magic is the bane of my existence, and I hate trying to figure out exactly what type of spell school a spell is when uh, uh, my players cast detect magic. So, yeehaw, I'm all for that. I'm I'm a little on the opposite side. I do like the spell schools. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the spell schools, and I do like I do like uh, specific spells for classes as well i hope i hope that doesn't go away completely like say class spell lists i love that some classes only are the only ones that get certain spells mm-hmm. like, i think that's cool because i think that adds flavor and uniqueness to the classes and i don't want to see them homogenized too much yeah uh, in in this in this change, we don't know if there's going to be spell schools still. We don't know if there's going to be specific class spell lists or anything. But in my mind, when I see this, I go, "Okay, I love that that the categorization like that." But at the same time, as someone who's played lots of wizards, I kind of like the spell school aspect, and I do like the uniqueness of some classes being the only ones to get certain. Spells. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. There's no way that they're going to get rid of the actual spell schools because, uh, like I said, it's compatible going forward. And wizards, all of their subclasses based on the type of school that they have. So, yeah, this is wishful thinking on my part. But um, I I don't see that it's going to be completely homogenized. I don't think that's actually going to be a thing that can happen, because if you think about it, a sorcerer could technically have arcane spells and primal spells based on whatever subclass you choose. Um, even more so the, uh, a cleric isn't going to have like thunderous smite, whereas a paladin would. So I, I think that it's still really just categorizing it in just the, the source of the power more than anything else. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And yeah, it, that's it, what I'm to me, it for. makes sense that way, but this way it's going to be like, okay, divine spells. Okay. I know that either again, my, my, my cleric or my paladin should have access to one of these or primal spells okay the druid's gonna definitely have access to to these over here and stuff you know it it it, by breaking it up that way i think again it makes it easier to search for easier to you know kind of look around in and understand a little bit better so Mm -hmm. maybe it's just adding like this is like the 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 kingdom family class exactly the higher qualifier (laughs) yeah there you go yeah 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 and that very much could be and i would be a hundred percent for that yeah for sure I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, um, next to last, we have some interesting new crit rules. Yeah. Specifically, monsters can't crit anymore. Can I just really could boo? I don't like that. Don't like it at all. No. Don't like it one bit. 
I I think I, I in in an addition that is already very I guess what's the word safe. There's yeah. a lot of ways for your character to avoid damage. There's a lot of ways for your character to avoid death. Unless you're talking extremely low levels like one and two, because those are just probably the deadliest levels. Yeah. One specifically deadliest level. But other than just those those chance occurrences every once in a while of <laughs> a natural 20 going on a level one, you know, goblin arrow and someone getting one shot, which can happen. But I, I like the fact that that can potentially happen. Uh I think it makes it less fun for the DM mm-hmm. and I, I think it makes it, uh, I just makes monsters less deadly in a system that is already, I think for the most part lacking on monster deadliness. <laughs> I, I, I've, I found this many times, like, you know, your players can handle CR monsters far above what the game oh, yeah. mechanics says they should be able to. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. Yeah. And again, this is a vacuum. This is a bubble. We don't know if or what monster changes they've made. They, they talked about potentially recharge mechanics and stuff like that, which, eh, I don't know that long. Yeah. Monsters don't last that long. Very rarely, unless you're fighting like a big bad, do you get a second try And even more rarely, a third of a recharge mechanic. So that's this is this is one of my few like, boo, no, don't change the crit rules. I mean, that's looking at the DM side of things, too. I'm also going to boo it on the player side of things because they changed it so that it's only weapon damage that that you get to roll again and i'm not even talking about like any extra anything added on top of that so like let's say um again you're a paladin and you've got you know um divine smite you know which is extra die that you get to roll and everything if you get a crit you just roll that weapon damage one more time so instead of um like say one d8 you get to roll two d8 and then you roll your your smite damage um if you're a rogue you got that dagger, you roll, you know, 2d4 instead of 1d4, but sneak attack damage is just by itself. Doubling all of that is something that I really think needs to happen uh, because it makes the hit that much more effective or fun or, you know, you have the chance of, of getting that much more damage. And the fact that they want to limit it to that, I don't like. Um, also, the fact that spells can't crit in this in, in what they're talking about. I also don't like, I mean, you already have that component of, you know, if it's a saving throw spell, you can't crit that. So I really think that spell attacks should be able to, because again, it's still something big, something fun. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of getting a nat 20 at that point? You you don't really, it's like, oh, well I hit more so than I would have before, you know, not really. I I think it really takes a lot of the oomph and the fun out of it both the player and the dm side yeah but what they want to give you instead is if you're rolling that 20 you get inspiration which i find really weird that they're really doubling down on inspiration in this from what it looks like like um going all the way back to i think it's humans um after a long rest you get a point of inspiration (laughs) 
I think it, it was humans. If I saw, if I remember correctly. Um, and I guess the idea is that they, they really want you to have inspiration so much more, but then again, they're limiting it to, you have advantage on a roll. Um, I mean, my homebrew rules for inspiration is it's essentially like luck. Basically, any single D20 roll can be re-rolled. If you have inspiration and you want the DM to re-roll something, you use your inspiration for that. And, you know, it, it really kind of affects and, and throws it around and makes it so that it's something kind of important. If you've just got, you know, random advantages on stuff, I don't think it's that great because there's a lot of different systems in place that already give you advantage so adding one more thing to that, if you get a, a nat 20, I, I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel as good to me, but that's just kind of where I'm coming from with that. I, uh, this is, this is the other thing I, this is the other one I have a lot of mixed feelings on as far as, as the inspiration goes. I, I, I kind of like the idea of it because right now a lot of DMs just forget inspiration completely or use it very very sporadic and i am at fault at that as well i will definitely throw that in there yeah and it's just not a mechanic that is super highlighted or or super built in it's just something that happens at the dm's whim every so often so i i understand what they're trying to do and going okay inspiration has its place now Mm -hmm. whenever you roll a natural 20 you get inspiration you can have up to one at a time you can do uh, it's the good for any other dice roll, or you can give it away to somebody else uh, if you've already got one, which kind of plays into the team aspect of it. In theory, it sounds good. In practice, I don't really like the design yeah. because I feel like, especially if it's every every natural twenty. Uh, or if it's a mechanic where other things can give inspiration beyond that as well, I feel like just that's way too many rerolls too often in a game that can all you can already get advantage mm-hmm. or disadvantage, you know. Yeah. And so I I like the idea of some sort of mechanic that encourages teamwork and uh the group working together or the group giving something to each other i would much rather see that in feats oh and one other honestly thing on that too inspiration is that um you lose it when you start a long rest so you lose that inspiration as well which i mean yeah, I I think it's messy at the moment. They might have something that fine tunes it, but I don't know. It's just as is. It, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, of that either that or the crit rule. Yeah, I mean, I just might you know when this comes out, I just might just homebrew the those to what they are. Just you know what I like. If they come out with something or change it and it and it works or it does make sense uh, a lot more than what I feel this does then yeah, I'll try it out. But that's one of the great things about having a homebrew game or having friends who are all up for, hey, we want to have fun. Yeah. And remember, this is UA. So make your feedback known. We certainly will be when the survey for this drops. Um, But 
for the most part, I really like a lot of the stuff that they're doing. I love, I love that they're moving towards uh, proficiency bonus stuff mm-hmm. um, for uses for like feet things and whatnot. And again, that's why I like you've got your proficiency bonus, which is a multi-use thing. Let's get more stuff that uses that. Let's get more spells that use that, or let's get more feats that use that. Yeah. And then you can use those to help other people like that musician one where you can kind of give a, a little mini bardic inspiration or whatever. That's awesome. I love stuff like that. Let's I want I'd rather have more of that than these new inspiration rules. Yeah, I I'm totally with you on that. I'd like the idea of, you know, giving you more access to just okay, well once per long rest I can do this. If you're proficient with something, it makes sense that it kind of gives you that ability more so than just the one per long rest. I I really do enjoy that. So that's that's the major stuff. Uh, they also talked about a little bit about how there was going to be some status effects that will probably be changing somewhat, which is is good. There are sev- certainly several status effects that could do with uh, clarification or uh, merging in a lot of ways, like grappled and restrained are incredibly close to each other. Um, the, there's some conditions that you just always have to go look up like poisoned. Mm-hmm. I always go look up poisoned uh, and or grappled and restrained. I always go look up grappled and restrained to, to see what those are. So especially the ones that you're having to constantly go look up, uh, getting some love on those would be really, really nice. Yeah. I'm with uh, you on that. But for the most part, uh, especially the, the core of this UA, I really like the character creation stuff. I really, really liked. I think they they're pulling the best of Tasha's and then some new stuff, especially with the feats, mm-hmm. which is super cool uh, all together in there to make the core of the character. And I, I really, really like that. But otherwise, in the inspiration and the crit stuff, I was not near as big of a fan of. And the spell stuff, I'm kind of on the fence, depending on how they want to use it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Even though Detect Magic still is the bane of my existence. Yeah, yeah you just just make it up. You just make it up. To be like, oh, yeah, that's evocation. Oh, you can't tell what kind it is. It's some sort of ancient magic. Yes. That's, it's that's always my magic. answer now. <laughs> yeah it's it's arcane see now you you can you have uh you have liberty to start using arcane divine and primal yeah you know what like, I, that's arcane magic that totally works too because i mean it, it would kind of limit who or the type of person who could cast it so there you go there you go there you go yeah yeah but yeah so that's that's kind of the uh the summary of all the announcements and the new unearth arcana, we will probably, uh, for all, from all views that I can see, we'll probably be getting at least one more, uh, one D and D unearth arcana before the end of the year. I would not be surprised in any way, shape or form. The survey for this one will probably be opening up in the next few weeks. I would assume so we will, again, have the link to this if you want to go check it out for yourself and give feedback because that's that's what they're wanting. They're wanting the feedback. They're wanting the players to help shape 
the next, I, I guess, evolution would probably be a better better word in this case uh, instead of addition, the next evolution of D&D. Okay. So make sure you make your voice heard. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Um, so that's it for all the new stuff. Uh, before we kind of wrap up and jump into what we've been doing, we have a community content shout out. The fine people over at Atlas Games have sent us a preview copy of Star Shaman's Song of Plangea. This was a Kickstarter uh, that finished a little while ago. The PDF is rolling out now to backers. Um, and there, of course, is going to be the hardcover book and everything with it. Uh, it's a full on like almost 400 page setting book with monsters and magic item and classes and settings and it's it's very unique very cool yeah it is it's so different than anything that's out there i like i like let's put it this way uh like i said before i've been sick i haven't been able to dig into this as much as i would like to but from what i've seen this is really cool like i'm actually a big fan of this um the idea of basically having like a, a prehistoric world as a setting is something that like there, there's so much imagination that goes into this and the ideas uh, that have been put into like all the different concepts and stuff is just amazing to me. Um, like just basically kind of looking at a fantasy world, knocking off a few thousand years of evolution and then seeing what do we have left is just fun i mean going through the idea of of uh, how you know magic you're in a very you know untamed world magic is just kind of crazy and out there um one of my favorite things is just the reinterpretation of all the different races so the the, the kinships in this game are something that i think is just amazing and it kicks off with one of the coolest bits which is the dwarves um they're still like rocky not not you know the the um boxer but you know like the material like dwarves still have like like rocky bits on them and stuff like they're still you know um carved out of the dirt it's like so early in this world's kind of you know um uh evolution and stuff as well as uh specific uh like dinosaur kind of themed races that are in here i mean there there's a ton of stuff just in the races alone that gives you so much more information and so much of a a really unique look at something that it's like oh i've seen elves millions of times but these elves are like primordial like you can see moonlight through their skin it's just the the, the ideas and concepts behind them it's just it's really great like just that alone is worth it in my mind but there's so much more in this book plus dinosaurs yeah but yeah uh like Ben said, there's there's a ton of, of different stuff. Uh, 378 pages long. Players get um, Clan Fire and Wilderness, prehistoric characters, kinships, uh, ancestry, uh, classes, how they're renamed and how the, the versions in this particular book differ from the, the official versions of the classes, uh, backgrounds, new equipment, new spells for the setting. And then, of course, the Dungeon Master gets... The Plangea Adventure, uh, the themes, the genre, 
the world, cosmology, geography, nations, the factions, brand new treasures and magic items, and of course, gods and monsters and templates for making your own. Uh, there's there's one real cool system that I like, and it, it mentions this like this this technically might upset the CR value of the creature if you do this, but uh, it's it's like a modifier table to take any plain like basic creature and make it a type and give it something cool and extra. So this is like this is not a uh, this is not just a basilisk. This is like a flame basilisk. Or this is not not just uh, uh, why can't I think of anything when I'm actually uh, <laughs> dinosaurs? This is not yeah. just a T-Rex. This is like a like an armored T-Rex uh, armored T-Rex or primordial T-Rex or uh, elemental T-Rex uh, or, you know, that type of thing. So they've got it's it's a really cool idea for shaking things up. And making it uh, so that the players, even just using basic stuff, might uh, encounter something new Mm -hmm. and something that's not what they expect. Yeah, I mean, just on that alone for the different templates, you've got um, just really cool, fun stuff like oh, frilled. You know, just you add that little like kind of dynamic to it. You have slimy, spiny, multi-headed. I mean, there's there's so many cool things on here. And again, because of the primordial primordial nature of everything, anything is really good to go on this. You know, um, think about uh, like all those like Harryhausen, you know, stop motion animations with like the, the weird, crazy dinosaurs that looked all funky and stuff. It's like your imagination is really kind of the only thing holding you back. You know, take any sort of monster that you have, throw more heads on it, and then it's going to be a ton of fun, you know? Just have fun with that. Make it fire. Make it undead. Give it a fungal infection of some sort. I mean, you've got so many cool things on this. <laughs> yeah, so if you're interested, we will have links to this uh, both in the show notes and in our on our Twitter uh, we'll have links to how you can check this out if that sort of stuff sounds interesting. So thank you, Atlas Games, for uh, letting us preview it. Yeah. A lot of really cool content. Very much so. Like, I, I'm looking forward to digging in more into this because, again, it's very comprehensive. And I'm, I'm just a fan. This is cool. Agreed. All right. Uh, well, that's going to be it. For the show tonight. Uh, But of course, before we go, we always like to chat a little bit about what's happening in our games. And Ben, I know you left us at a cliffhanger last time. Oh my gosh, what a cliffhanger. So if you recall, uh, they they snuck into the castle. They, uh, our our sorcerer kind of, you know, found a secret passage, set off a trap, and then immediately got out of dodge as soon as you know uh, he heard the click later on scryed on the big bad who was walking down that secret passage saw the tripped trap and knew that you know oh crap something's going on so totally forced his hand so the next day the or my player the party was invited to having lunch on the airship and you're going to have it with all the different dignitaries from the the um regions that came for for this trade summit that's that's going on well this is when things started dropping because the bad guy had to you know play his hand early 
which kind of sucked for him, but he went for it. He went ahead and arrested the dwarven delegates, and in fact, the whole delegation, because of the the or he presented as evidence his forged letter that he wrote to the assassins guild, and presented it to the the young twelve year old king, saying, "Hey, this dwarven guy, he didn't actually want peace. He murdered your father, and he wants to murder you too." And so the kids like kind of freaking out about what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like my party's like kind of fighting back. It's like, okay, well, where's the evidence? Let's, you know, talk about it. Like starting to do things. And at that point he kind of figured, okay, these are the people who've been meddling with what's going on. So he called the guards to arrest them. And as soon as one of the guards put his hand on the paladin, she's like, no, he doesn't. And then the rerolled initiative got into a big fight. So I'm like, okay, this is great. I've got 10 guards on my side. This this uh, uh, bad guy who I had I had him actually a uh, dual class. He is a, uh, a rogue cleric, but it's a, a trickster cleric. So uh, I was really proud. I was able to um, invoke duplicity and just get sneak attacks off of his own you know uh, person because you get advantage on the rolls and on the attacks and stuff. Um, so I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. Going to have fun. We had the queen who is uh, basically been charming the king for the past three years. She's a, a caster. She's got some powerful magic here. Uh, you know, so I've got these delegates who need to be protected. So we had a lot going on on this tiny airship, right? So, you know, we kind of go through the queen yells for the guards and they're all kind of scattered. So they start running towards the ship. Um, her sorcerer ended up throwing a firebolt at the dock to set the dock on fire to keep everybody on the ship. So no one's running away so that, you know, to, to stop the guards from getting on and to get every stop people from getting off. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a fun mechanic. So it was, it was just a firebolt. I'm like, okay, cool. We can do one square. If it hits, it'll catch on fire. And then each round after that, I'm going to do a chance that the fire can spread. So I kind of made up a little mechanic with that. And uh, based on, um, I just did a 50, 50, yes or no. Did it spread? If it did, then I did, did a, a D eight and then did whatever the square that corresponded around it and kind of spread. So the fire is kind of spreading throughout this whole thing. Um, it gets to the cleric's first turn. He walks up, puts his hand on the King's shoulder and immediately casts greater restoration, clearing him of the charm that's been on him for three years. And as soon as that happens, he just screams, it looks at the queen you've been doing this to me for three years guards get them so all of a sudden just on the first turn the entire tide changed so the guards are are now allies as opposed to you know enemies and i'm like oh this is amazing this is so much fun so we, we start doing this um the paladins you know kind of holding troth the the bad guy at bay the queen is trying to escape as she's kind of casting in <coughs> excuse me um and getting out and then finally, um, Troth just says enough and he pulls out, um, he had this, uh, um, bracer that, uh, gave him the, the what is it? The wrist pocket or whatever the, the spell is. He popped out this really intricate helm, put it on, and it happened to be a, uh, helm of the dragon queen with you know all the different five dragons and stuff like that and uh he ended up invoking some sort of power from the helm 
and transformed into an avatar of Tiamat standing on this airship. And everyone's like, oh, God. And things just went crazy. So Paladin's just kind of holding her spot. She's a Paladin of Bahamut, by the way. So it like, totally fit, you know, for standing up to it. She's getting attacked, you know, getting bit left and right. We've got breath attacks going off. Um, the young 12-year-old king, you know, was was knocked out. Bard slides under the table, revives him, gets him to run away. And, like, all this stuff is going on. And meanwhile, the queen, everything that she's casting, the bard is interrupting with, with um, counterspell. Uh, and we've got a fire going on in the dock. Guards running to try to get it. Um, queen gets restrained and gets pulled away. Something shoved in her mouth so she can't cast anymore. And clerics just healing everybody he can. And I mean, it's it's this massive fight on an airship, which if the fire had got to the airship, airship would have probably started going down. It didn't get far enough, but it was like about three squares away from starting to ignite that, which I'm like, oh, this is great. So, yeah, it ended up getting to the point where um, through one of the breath attacks, uh, the the avatar ended up killing the captain of the ship, which is the friend or one one of the friends of the designers who happens to be a crystal dragon. She was basically staying back to help and, and keep him safe. He goes down. She transforms into a dragon, flies over, and then starts attacking with the paladin to you know take down this aspect of Tiamat. And he decides like, okay, I'm I'm getting bombarded from both sides here. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, he's just going to fly over, grab the queen and fly away and get out of there. He starts to move paladin. Boom. Reaction sentinel. He tries again on his next term. Boom. Reaction sentinel. Just this, this aspect of Tiamat is just stuck in place. till finally, um, it drops to zero hit points. The shapeshift drops. He's back to him. She smacks him one more time, just kills him right out. And, I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. So we, we kind of basically stopped there because we were already like an hour, hour and a half past, you know, what we normally do. So it's like 1.30, almost two in the morning. And they're just like, okay, I want to loot the body because he had a really wicked looking dagger and a, a, a nasty looking sword. Um, the queen is still alive, but you know, she's being restrained and going in. We've got a king who's been charmed for three years where his whole like kingdom has been falling apart because she's been in charge and is super greedy. And so, yeah, this Saturday we're going to pick right up where we left off with all the aftermath of that. And I am so looking forward to this because I mean, the King's going to be like, what's happened. And we've technically got dwarves who are in the dungeon because of, you know, a fake conspiracy and in two days, we have this trade summit that how much of it does he even know about? Like, there's still so many things kind of like, um, you know, so many plates still spinning. And it's this is the end of arc number two. And I'm so excited that the fight went as well as it did. They did an awesome job. And I'm just so proud of my my team. So, yeah, I, it was just a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Um what about you, though? I know that you've had a lot of stuff kind of been going down as well. Well, I, I have. First off, that all sounded 
amazing <laughs> thanks I, I was actually really proud of it it, it only lasted yeah. five rounds though so you want to talk about like you know monster longevity yeah they they did a great job i'll tell you sometime expectations you go into something thinking one thing and then your players just do all sorts of crap and i i know that feeling yeah you know, well, i mean and speaking of inspiration i gave everybody inspiration for their parts in that because they did an awesome job but gosh that great restoration just first round oh that was just great just completely turned the tide of battle like yeah, right away huge 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 yeah so my stuff uh i had two very uh very significant sessions uh my first campaign that's in the shadow i'm i'm very tempted at this point to start calling uh to call next session the terrible horrible no good very <laughs> because we're like four sessions into the Shadowfell, and we're still technically in the same day that oh, they got no. here. So they are they're <clears throat> strapped. They are they are pin on everything. It has been a wild ride. I, of course, last time I mentioned that the foray into the town to try and get information did not go super well. Yeah, uh, the rest of the group ended up going with the whole the the idea of okay we're gonna try and just play it off like we're buying buying obsidian like oh this stupid person who is with us uh just did all the rush did all the wrong things and all that and just to try it you know bail her out turns out though that uh the, the taskmaster knew all along that the dude with them is wanted and oh, so no. ends up ends up basically putting some stuff in front of them that unbeknownst to them over time just paralyzed them. Oh no. So you have that you have the Frederick who's who's trying to help lead them and our ranger just completely stunned and paralyzed. The group of course has no idea this is going on. Mm -hmm. And so they come ready to be like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry you know we're just here to buy stuff for our very wealthy benefactor and the taskmaster is like oh yeah come in <laughs> come in door shut uh he's like i'm gonna get rewarded handsomely for turning her over to her very evil grandmother and killing all of you nice and took this big old obsidian amulet out and awakened the giant three-eyed raven statue that was in the center of town oh and so now it's on there's like six guards there's the taskmaster there's this giant statue and a very resource strapped bunch of adventurers and it was it was oof, it was pretty hairy it was getting pretty hairy for a while and then um our warlock made a very a very good move. They 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 did a really good job, honestly, for what was there. They took out a lot of the guards to burn down the action economy, mm -hmm. but they were they were just getting shredded. And there's this giant statue that they weren't making much of a den in that is doing huge damage to our poor abjuration mage or wizard. Uh, who <laughs> burned through the sh their shield and they're very high HP for, for a wizard. And they're just like, uh, guys, you know, like we are, we are getting very close to needing to get out of here. 
Warlock had the bright idea of using suggestion Ooh. on the Taskmaster. It went through. Oh, Taskmaster failed. And so called off the the obsidian golem. And the suggestion was basically help us do what we came here to do, you know, sign this contract for obsidian. So stops all that. They go in. Uh, <laughs> the one guard who survived very confused goes in with them. They see their friend uh, and guide both paralyzed at this table. They go to try and, you know, get her an antidote, feed her an antidote uh, while the two of the party attack the already very injured taskmaster. <laughs> After they fed the guard a healing potion that actually was poison. Oh. Looked like a healing potion was actually poison. They picked it up. I don't I don't remember where they picked it up. Did off they of. know it was poison? Yes. Yeah, it was. It's like one of those like fakey fake out things. Gotcha. So the guard starts dying uh, to the side after drinking what he thought was a healing potion for himself because they thought they were making up uh, the wizard and the sorcerer go to try and clinch the kill on the taskmaster. They don't quite get it. Oh, no. Taskmaster comes to his senses, the suggestion spell worn off and goes, oh no, what have you done? Like, if you leave with her, I will be better off killing myself than facing the wrath of the person who's coming to get her. Oh no. So he just throws this giant acid burst spell down at his feet, kills himself knocks out the uh the sorcerer zero hit points so they have to quickly move to save her fully kills their guide oh no and so they they had to make the split second decision of oh no we know what's coming do we save him or not they ended up using one of their diamonds to res him and then Booking it out of there, trying to figure out where do we go? This hound master is going to be here soon and they are not going to be happy about this. Do we go toward the fields or toward the mines or whatever? So they decided to go toward the mines because they thought it would be more well-traveled, hide their scent better. It was a very smart thinking and decision. Yeah. And at the very end of the session, they see the mine in sight in the distance and in the other direction, the far distance, they hear the howling of dogs. Oh man! That's where we left it, and it is who it is. Very, it has been a very intense uh, last few sessions. Yeah, no kidding. Incredibly, incredibly intense, and we don't know what's going to happen because they need a long rest so bad, and they still got their get out of jail card. It's a ten minute cast to get that portal back open to get back to the material plane. But it's, it's, it's like, are we desperate enough to use this yet? And of course yeah. the ranger's just like, no, my parents are still here. <laughs> we can't get out of here. And the, the wizard's just like, what have you gotten me into? And so it's, it's been, it's been both funny and it, it'll be interesting to see if they can avoid detection long enough to, to actually patch themselves. That's pretty great. Good luck to them. That's that. Oh, that's that's harrowing. 
Yeah. And the other the other session was almost as as ridiculous because uh, we left that one off with the druid going splat. Yeah, from several right. thousand feet up, instantly dying. Uh, the party with almost no gear and this very <laughs> evil necromancy book they found a long time ago. So, of course, the artificer opens the book up and goes, what do I need to do to save my friend? <laughs> and it's basically like... You need someone to take his place. And so, like, someone to help. And so the wizard, our wizard volunteered, he's just like, I will help you try and resurrect him. And so through this huge process involving several champions of deities uh, on the other side, the book kept its end of the bargain and brought the druid back, but was going to but then killed the wizard and was going to keep their soul. Oh man. But got some help from the very weakened soul of the jungle, heart of the jungle, uh, along with the emissary, the Raven queen who was there to collect the Druid. Uh, and were able to overpower this entity to bring the wizard with them instead of keeping him trapped and so that made for an incredibly mad uh entity that hasn't been dealt with yet uh but the druid ended up uh back fully whole but the wizard when they woke up when he woke up was so uh it was a very it was a very cool but very very some somber and sad session yeah. at the same time um but it was it honestly i think this might be the first time in a campaign i've had a character full on die mm -hmm. um even even if it was an exchange uh it's still it was still was a full on death so it was it was it was it was a little rough um a little rough of a session um, but toward the end, we uh, got to introduce uh, that player's new character to the group, um, which I'm very excited about. And I think he's pretty excited about because uh, his new character is a, like a, a fighter um, fighter class. So it will fit his play style. It well, fits good. his play style well. So I'm, I'm excited to see where the group goes from there, especially now with this kind of tragedy in their background and how that might motivate them. Yeah. No, and I get that too. I mean, I'm glad that you're able to, you know, have a really good, like heroic, um, exit, uh, before bringing in the new character. Cause I understand what it's like when, you know, you're not really feeling what, what's going on with a certain character or whatever. And, you know, saying goodbye is always rough, even if it's something you're not, you know, having the most fun with. So I think you handled that pretty well. I was I was very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, it was it was it was good, and um, a lot of twists and turns. It ended up being a really good session. Very much so, from what it sounds like. Well, anyway. I think that's it. 
I think that's it for us. That's it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back on our normal schedule. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, thankfully, Ben is on the mend. Uh, so we'll be back on our normal schedule and we'll have an episode the week after next dropping on Monday. But yes. until then, Ben, why don't you tell everyone where we can be reached? If I can get through it, I will. Um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, want to tell us about uh, things that are going on in your game or your thoughts on the new uh, uh, critical rules and whatnot, you can go ahead and email us. As you can send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, we always love to, to get mail, know what's going on uh, with your games and all that stuff. Uh, if you have something a little more short form that you want to share, though, you can always uh, tweet at us. We're at dndiscussions on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for Ryan specifically, he is at tbkzord. If you're looking for me, I am at Ben Bumhofer. Uh, now, if you want to hear us playing some games, boy, howdy, do we have uh, a good recommendation for you. Check out Plus 5 to Hit. Uh, you can find that where all of your favorite podcasts are. Uh, it is a persistent campaign. Um, we are on our summer hiatus and going through Strixhaven. In fact, a new episode uh, was just released a couple days ago. Um, yep. By golly, it was a fun one. We had, uh, let's just say... Uh, it's not easy being green. We'll just go with that. Especially if you're giant in green. Or blue. Or red. Or whatever. But uh, anyways, we had a lot of fun with that. So definitely check that out. And um, of course, DN Discussions. If this is the first episode you've ever heard, we have 72 others that are out there. Uh, just take a look on dndiscussions.com. Or, you know what? Listen to it uh, wherever you're listening to this right now. And until next time, everybody, thank you very much for listening. It's always a pleasure uh, to you know, talk about D&D with you, Ryan, and I'm glad people like to listen. And uh, next time I'll feel better, hopefully. But uh, in the meantime, as I completely just bumble up this exit outro, be good <laughs> to each other, everybody. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.